Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Blood Brothers podcast. Uh, tonight we are without Brother Sean, but we do have Brother Rob. Hello. <laughs> that made it sound quite like clergy-like. It did, that didn't it? Yeah. Clergy-like. But uh, how are you, Chris? It's good to see you, bud. It's nice to see you. And um, tonight we have um, a wonderful guest uh, in Catherine Steadman. Hello. Hi. Hi, everyone. It's very nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much for having me. Gosh, thank you for joining us. It's not all the time that we get a, a bona fide, genuine um, New York Times bestseller with us. So, I think you've had loads. <laughs> it's always a very special occasion. So uh, I've even got myself a little glass of wine in a tumbler so that the kids didn't think daddy's lost it on a Monday night. <laughs> um, thank you again, like Rob said, for being here. And um, you are... Uh, you've just released um, the family game, which came out um, on the 22nd of September, I think. Sorry, guys, could I just pause for one second? Of course. Of course. Right? I got so giddy. I got really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I always do, though, don't I? It's a good place to be. Yeah, I'm really excited about Thursday, though, dude. It's yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, did um, uh, those messages from Sean were absolutely lovely about all the stuff that's going on with you. You know, he's always been that way with me. It's one of the reasons that I absolutely love working with him is because yeah. he is that good of a guy. <clears throat> Agreed. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Um, that's all right. Um, yeah. Should we, should we pick up with that? Yes. yes. Yeah, cool. Um, yes, it came out uh, on Thursday last week um, in the UK and uh, it's out in America. Um, yeah, bizarrely, uh, in two weeks from now, I think. Um, so there's a bit of a time lag on that, but uh, I think it kind of works better with their sort of Thanksgiving Christmas build up, which is kind of the essence of the book. So, yeah. Nice. That's so cool. And um, how will you be spending those two weeks? Oh, congratulations, by the way. Yeah. Book out last week. That, sorry, Thank totally you. passed me by that. Um, but like, and so how are you going to spend those like those three weeks between? Are you still sort of like in publication mode for those that time yeah. period between the two? Yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's kind of like having two birthdays, I suppose. <laughs> so, yeah, you have your your family birthday and then your friend's birthday. But yeah, <laughs> it's, um, it's really exciting, both of them. Like, um, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm sort of waiting for those first kind of, I'm starting to get people saying that they've read it already, which is amazing. Um, and I think that's always such a good sign when readers um, can you know really devour it in a couple of days you know that they were in it mm. and that's the best sign I think an author can have really oh yeah yeah and for those that haven't read it yet um please can you tell them about that um yeah it's um it's a psychological thriller and it's set around the well from the run-up uh of Thanksgiving towards Christmas um with the kind of uh, denouement uh, on Christmas uh, Eve slash day. And uh, it's about uh, a British author who moves to New York to, um, to, to be with the love of her life and they get engaged, uh, but she's never met his family and his family, uh, she is well aware, are an incredibly powerful, incredibly well-known American um, 
sort of almost heritage brand. They're kind of like I sort of modeled them on like uh, the the Murdochs or the the Greens or Vanderbilts, um, that kind of uh, that kind of mold of family. So the book is a kind of Balmoral test for her of whether or not she can fit in to this family and uh, all hell sort of breaks loose over the festive period. That sounds incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sounds absolutely great. Um, and th- this is your, um, oh, forgive me, because I got a bit, wor- do they change the titles for America on occasion? Um, sometimes they do, but it's the same. Yeah. yeah on this occasion, because I was going to say which number book this is, but is this third or fourth novel? Um, this is fourth, yeah. Fourth mm-hmm. novel, Brill, thank you. Yeah. Um, and how has that process changed novel to novel is it was this one just like hey I know what I'm doing now and let's bang one out <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> no. <laughs> definitely not that yeah I don't think it's ever that I mean I think it's it's kind of um I don't know you always get those nerves don't you like um you have this kind of explosion of um creativity which is like the first draft and then you read it back some days you read it back and you're like I'm a genius wow I've done it I've cracked it and other days you read it back and you're like oh my god this is the worst thing I've ever read (laughs) absolutely appalling um I'm never gonna work again but um yeah it's like it's finding a happy medium between those two things I think of thinking not thinking you're the best thing in the world definitely not thinking of the worst thing in the world um but yeah it's um I, I definitely I feel like I've learned a lot through the process of writing the three previous books um and I, I feel like um I was able to be a bit more economic with the storytelling and um I think that sort of reflects in the pacing of this I think the pacing of this probably the fastest paced book that I've done um so yeah it should have a kind of um sort of not frenetic but it has like a a definite build um and crescendo which um yeah I I was really happy with and I felt yeah I felt more in control of like what I was doing definitely this time around Oh, that's, yeah. that's good I think um that I, I think if it starts if you start to coast and find it easy that's probably when the wheels for me at least I think this is probably where the wheels would start to come off I think a little bit yeah yeah definitely yeah you've got to be constantly thinking like what what does the what's the reader going to want what are they going to expect what are they not going to expect and um yeah, I like to surprise myself because I feel like if I surprise myself with the story, I'm going to surprise the reader. And if I can sort of sell, you know, an ending that took me ages to work out how that would possibly work, <laughs> then when they get to the ending, they'll be like, wow, how does that work? And then you can sort of, you know, explain how it works. But um, yeah, I think you've definitely got to be on your toes when you're writing thrillers because people who read thrillers they're they've read a lot of thrillers and mm. they want something that's going to be fresh and exciting and you definitely can't rest on your laurels yeah I was going to ask um you've made it sound um like there's a lot of um weavy storytelling if that's a term um yeah. <laughs> if people could see my hands it might make more sense um do you plot a lot beforehand or do you kind of see where it goes as you're writing it um, I have like certain uh, sort of plot points that I want to get to, um, uh, which I, I sort of like I, when I come up with the initial idea and sort of pitch it to the publisher, I know those things. And then 
Um, and then everything else I like to keep really open to add in extra bits as I'm going because um, that's kind of like the way I work. I sort of find it as I'm going. Um, and as for endings, I usually have two or three endings that I have in mind until I get there. And, and oh, wow. then um, I like to see which one makes either the most or the least sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See how you can make it for yourself, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you you want a good payoff, so yeah, yeah. you want to get to the end and see what's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Like having two or three separate endings that you could go for at a time. That's because I find it hard enough to come up with more than one. I, I was going to say, I'm chuffed <laughs> if I come up with a decent one. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, so I mean, your first book, something in the water, um, must you must look look at that incredibly fondly i mean that's like a it can only go down as one of those runaway debut successes in so many ways you know 30 territories new york Times bestseller um i, I had a look uh, almost two hundred thousand reviews on goodreads an insane number um so um if I'd love to talk about that road to publication, but if we could go to beforehand, because story is a very big part of your life, isn't it? Um, and the yeah. delivery of story and telling story through a number of different mediums. But um, uh, and obviously we do our research here. Sometimes we do it better than others. I mean, sorry, <laughs> I'm going to talk about myself here. Sometimes I research better than others. But um, I, the Catherine Steadman I knew as the writer, I had never put together with Catherine Steadman, the actor. Oh, right. Well, I'm amazed that you've seen anything I've actually been in. <laughs> but, uh, I'm joking. I've gone through IMDb here and like, yup, 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 yup. So, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, how, so story then, story must be a big cornerstone in your life. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, people have said before, oh, did you think about becoming an author when you were at school? And I, I was like, um, I did well in English and I got a couple of like English prizes, like, sure most authors probably did when they were teenagers and stuff but it just didn't seem like a, an actual job we, and weirdly for some reason being an actor did seem like a real job I don't know I think maybe I don't know the arts council were doing a big push around the time that I was graduating or something but it seemed like really simple you went to drama school and and became an actor um so yeah I loved stories I loved movies I loved books I just devoured books all the time and um yeah and so they were really connected for me so I went into the only route really that I saw as being involved in the storytelling industry um and um yeah I went down that road and then uh while I was on a job I I, I came up with an idea for a story and um and there's a lot of downtime, even if you're a regularly working actor, you know, there's time you're stuck in a trailer, there's time you're driving to set, there's, you know, you might have to not have a job between two, two series. And so, yeah, I, um, I, I gave it a go and um, I didn't really want to sort of tell loads of people I was doing it because there's a bit of a thing about actors have a thing, have like, they're, they're working on a book or they're working on a script and, then you're sort of opening yourself up to um, people sort of constantly asking you, um, you know, how it's going and stuff like that. And um, so I didn't, I didn't really mention it much until I was done. And then let a couple of people read it. And then my husband, who's also an author, I was scared to obviously let him read it because he was an actual author. 
Um, but someone said, no, no, you should, it's okay. He's not going to fall out of love with you. It's, um, it's okay. You can show him. So, <laughs> um, he read it and he was like, yeah, you should definitely send this to some agents. And, and then I found my brilliant agent, Camilla Bolton at Darley Anderson. And, um, yeah. And the rest was kind of history after that. She was just brilliant and sort of showed me the ropes and all of that. So when you, when you were first stepping into the literary world, did you keep, your, the other side of your life totally separate? The day that Something in the Water came out in America, I was on set with Olivia Munn and Jolie Richardson and Adrian Lester. And uh, I went, oh guys, um, I've got a book coming out today. And they were like, oh my God, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you tell us? And um, yeah, it was really lovely. And they made a really big fuss about it and everything. But yeah, it was kind of that thing of, I was like, should I tell anyone? Or am I just sort of like, because they're two <laughs> such different things. <laughs> but yeah, they were all like really supportive. And it's so bizarre because I feel like the acting world like want to hear about the book world. And then the book world want to hear about the acting world. So it's yeah. like, yeah, and we're following that trope right now, aren't we? <laughs> we are so transparent. I know, I know. No, no, it was. Um, yeah, I, I, but yeah, I kind of try to keep them uh, a little bit separate because they're kind of a bit like a holiday from each other, which is quite nice. That's like, so cool. I, I could do like a bit of an acting job and be like on set every day, and there's people around all the time, and it's like a five a.m. start, and then I'm working on a book, and I can get up at eight, and I can have a coffee, and I can sit in my gym jams, and you know, do a chapter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it is a great life, isn't it? I love. I do, I do the, the uh, you know, if I do the school run, it's get home, coast clear, gym jams back on, coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is <laughs> what I do. Um, but I, I hope now that you've you're you're no longer thinking that you're an actor with a a thing going on, you know, like because what a thing, <laughs> being yeah. a New York Times bestseller. Like that's casually kind of kicked that into touch, hasn't it really? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely my main um, job now, I think. I think I would put author before actor. I'm definitely at the moment spending a lot more time writing than I am acting um, through, through choice. And also like, um, I think the pandemic sort of, you know, yeah, it, of yeah it was like a, a huge thing for, um, the TV and film industry um, and it's still kind of like getting back on its feet in the UK like everywhere else it's kind of fine like there's been loads of filming in foreign countries and mm. and stuff like that but yeah it's still not like back to normal quite in the UK but uh, yeah um, yeah sorry what was the <laughs> no it's all right I've got I'm, I'm, I'm so full of questions now I'm bursting for another one so I'll just go straight <laughs> on to another one I think you nailed it anyway um, okay. so when I mean, like, did you ever ha have any like formal training in in creative writing or anything like that? Um, no, not really. Um, I mean, I've d I just I read a lot of books. I think above average amount of books when I was a child. Um, uh, to the extent that I kind of like would wake up early before I went to school and read. Like, so I would wake up at like try and wake up at six and then read until like <laughs> school time. Um, but. Uh, and then I, I watched a lot of movies when I was growing up and then just the sheer amount of scripts and things that I've read like um, through the auditioning process and mm. you know and it's hard not to sort of like memorize you know pages and pages and pages of stories without yeah. sort of picking up the beats of how stories go yeah. you know um, you were like, like schooled in it in, yeah in like a totally osmotic is that a word like yeah, you, yeah. Just, you were just filtering it in 
yeah exactly yeah and it, it's just like there are only so many times when you're like oh this is the kind of scene where we find out that you know he has a soft side or this is the kind of scene where we find out you know how much she wants this or you know and and I feel like books are in that sense they're so similar because every chapter you know something you know is gained something's lost something needs to be achieved and it's all the same kind of machinery um I think so yeah I, I don't feel like I, I had I didn't obviously didn't have a formal training in creative writing but I kind of did with other people's um yeah so in that sense yeah I suppose that follows that age-old adage that um, you know if you want to write you've got to read mm-hmm. yeah I I think so yeah definitely because you know so many people have done you know have done it before why not I mean there's so much material around like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And was something in the water your first attempt at a novel or, or were there more before that that didn't make it? Um, yeah, it was my first attempt at a novel. <laughs> but when I say that, there were a lot of chapters that didn't make it to the final <laughs> edit. I mean, like, I feel very proud of myself that the first chapter of it is almost verbatim what was what I wrote um, the first day I started I just, I was walking down the street and I was tapping on, tapping, started tapping it out on my phone. And then I got, I was like, wait a second, this is good. Then I sat down at the bus stop and I just finished like the first, like, I think like three or four paragraphs of the uh, opening chapter of Something in the Water. Um, And I was late to a voiceover. (laughs) 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 Um, But I got, I got it. And it's almost exactly what's on the page. That's great proud about that but yeah there was so much you know there were other characters there was a character called Craig who never made it in because I didn't understand that well I don't know if I didn't understand but I I like it in films and in books when there are other elements to the story which are integral to the you know what ends up being the story so I threw in you know a character called Craig (laughs) (laughs) Um, who you know I was just like in real life not everyone is useful to the plot so we'll have a crack (laughs) (laughs) I'm not thinking of those like kind of like just like outlier characters in our own lives like yeah doing anything yeah exactly and he was just a lovely guy and uh, they were like do we need Craig (laughs) maybe not (laughs) um but yeah I mean a lot of it is is you know uh is the same as it was I, I I I before I sent it to him I went through it a fair few times because I was so nervous about the whole thing and I'm sure you guys have been there it's that thing of like you really don't know what you've got in your hands it could be the best thing ever it could be the worst thing ever so all you can do is just keep going over it and going where is where is the reader going to fall out of this story like what's the bit that's going to trip them up and make them think what's going on this is nonsense and hopefully if you can get rid of all those bits you've got a decent story if they can follow it and they're like yeah this makes sense I'm going with this this is fun this is exciting um and that's all I was trying to do I was just trying to keep the person who would be reading it engaged and interested and um yeah so yeah long-winded sorry no that's great no no I think um it is fascinating to hear that and there's a lot of what are you saying here these are a lot of fresh tapes actually and fresh Mm. but like approaches that you know because we talked to lots and lots of obviously 
lots of different authors and and some of these things I've never I've like I've never heard of before. Oh, <laughs> you know, great. It's great, and it nobody helps. Seriously, me and Chris go away, and then we talk about it. Like, I'm going to be doing that next time. I'm yeah. going to be doing that next time. It you was know? cool. Yeah, I think maybe the keeping the attention thing is um is an acting thing. Yeah, I, I think yeah, because I just remember at drama school we did so many exercises that were. No, people have lost focus. You've lost focus. You've lost the audience. You know that kind of oh, thing. That is so. Yeah, especially with Shakespeare, they're very keen when you're doing Shakespeare that you have to be on mm. every single word and line. You have to make it make sense, or the audience will be gone. They'll just be like, "I don't understand what's going on anymore." <laughs> <laughs> and you are um, Lawrence Olivier nominee, is it? I mean, that's an incredible achievement. Um, um, what, so this was what what's what was the bigger thing in your life that nomination or like um Richard and Judy book club or Reese Witherspoon book club what's what would you go for I and mean, we could keep going Reese Witherspoon buying the film rights we could yeah about, you know, we could yeah, that would be amazing yeah, yeah. I think that that was the best bet I got a phone call from um my agent uh and it was like 10 o'clock at night I think she and I just literally just got back from I think we went out to dinner and I just got back and she said, okay. And she was kind of breathless. She was like, I need you to sit down. So I sat down. I was like, okay, what is it? And she said, okay, so somehow Reese Witherspoon's got hold of a copy of the manuscript of um, Something in the Water. um, And she read it on a flight um, from New York back to LA. And um, she's now um, she's she's called up the film rights department and she's trying to ring around studios in L.A. to get a co-production um, <laughs> company uh, on board. And I was like, wait, wait, wait back up. Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> <red knife back." laughs> yeah, that alone would have been very exciting, wouldn't it? <laughs> like Reese Witherspoon yeah, read my book. Been, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then, like, to have the support of um, uh, Reese Witherspoon's like, book club as well. And all of that was just absolutely amazing. Um, but, yeah, like, I think... Yeah, that and the New York, when it hit the New York Times bestseller list was, yeah, magic moments. It was pretty good, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I, um, I can imagine. When you wrote it, did you have actors in mind for, like, what they might look like or not? Because I was going to ask, this is one of the only occasions where you could put your hand up legitimately and say, I'm going to be in that. You yeah. know, it's your book. Oh, you're like, right. yeah, yeah, yours, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got the chops. I can do this. You know, yeah. like, well, a lot of people say this role can only be done by me. That kind of thing. Yeah, right. you could yeah. legit do that. It's <laughs> yeah. so funny. Like, loads of actors like seem are, are really shocked actually when I say I'm 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 genuinely not trying to write myself a a part. Um, when I was writing something in the water, I imagined the casting brackets that the people would be in, but they'd constantly shift. So some days I'd, I'd think like, oh, this guy would be like um, kind of Brian Cox. Brian Cox would be playing this character. Or I'd be like, another day I'd be like, no, 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 it's more of a Jeremy Irons or do you know what I mean? So it was constantly shifting in my head, um, but I knew the type, you know, um, uh, and it was stronger for, for, weirdly, for more of the character roles, um, it was a bit stronger, the um, the ideas of who, who would be playing the parts. But, um, yeah, I didn't really think of, you know, exact people um, 
to play the roles. Uh, in retrospect, I thought about it a lot <laughs> um, <laughs> um, because that's like you know something that might be happening. And um, yeah. so yeah, that's the uh, big question is which Hollywood actor is, are we not going to see because they've taken Craig out of it. Oh, oh yes. right. yeah. yeah. Who would have played Craig? Yeah. Um. I think because I've got, I'm about when we promote this episode, the hashtag don't be a Craig is going viral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Craig's finished last. <laughs> they do. Um, yeah, that's funny, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, I have definitely thought of loads of people, but then um, when when people sort of buy the film rights to it you're like and then they sort of come back with like vague ideas of the people they want it's always like oh okay yeah I see that you know and so it's like um it's always slightly more interesting to have like a sprinkling of other people's ideas as well at that stage yeah uh, uh, wait, well, so many questions going to explode. <laughs> can you can you is can you tell us anything about the progress of the film or anything like that? Or um, um, I, I understand you might not be able to, but we no, do I'm, like not, to I'm not allowed to. They'll they'll come for me. Um, <laughs> no one will ever hear from me again. That'll be it. <laughs> well, we'll just take the take take heart from the fact that you said you know that we know Reese Witherspoon has read it and that yeah there was this amazing day that you got the call. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, excellent stuff. Um, and and has that? I mean, your writing career obviously just continues to go from strength to strength. I love that you now say that it's sort of like overtaking, like you know that. And so, do you now? Yeah, I assume. Do you now see yourself firmly as an author, or? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, also, I've just um, I've diversified slightly, and I've just written my first TV series as well. Oh wow. Um, um, yeah, it's really exciting. It's um, the trailer for it is now sort of live on a lot of platforms. But Are you kidding? Um, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's going to be on Paramount Plus uh, starting the twelfth of twelfth Oct- of October. Yeah. Um, oh wow! It's uh, it's called the X Y, um, and I adapted it from a novel by uh, Jess Ryder. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a psychological thriller. Um, very edgy um I got it right yeah. here oh my word yeah so um so yeah that's that's like two two weeks now so it's coming out which is very exciting it's one of those things where nothing happens for a while and then suddenly everything happens at once um but yeah I went out sorry I'm so sorry I, like in my like flabbergastery <laughs> carried on talking I'm so sorry please continue I'm sorry no no it's um no yeah I um yeah it just it's sort of like it was a, a notional thing for a while um I'd been sort of talking to a production company about doing it and they'd offered me a couple of like because they'd read something in the water and um, Mr Nobody um and they were interested in me writing something entirely new and uh, because I hadn't written a script before I was like um you know, I feel more comfortable at this stage sort of adapting something. Um, and they they offered me a couple of choices and I read Jess Ryder's um, book and I just thought, wow, there's such a good hook here. It's like, it's, it's just something I'd never even heard of. And I was amazed that it was like real. And I thought, oh, this would be really, really good to work with. And, um, and then, yeah, it just sort of snowballed from then. And yeah, and I went out in... Um, I think May to Hungary and uh, watch filming and 
yeah, it was just a, a bit of a whirlwind. Once it took off, it took off. And, and uh, yeah, it looks fantastic. Amazing soundtrack, amazing cast. Um, it's got uh, Tom, Tom Meissen, who um, I think he's the lead in um, Sleepy Hollow. Uh, oh, wow. um, an actress called Celine Buckins who she was nominated for a BAFTA and she's just been nom nominated for an Emmy as well so um, she's playing the lead uh, and then um, another actress called Janet Montgomery uh, who is in New Amsterdam which is like a big American show and then um, Jordan uh, Stevens um, the uh, the singer slash actor yeah Wow. So, yeah, so really exciting, really exciting cast. And um, yeah, so I, yeah, basically, I'm quite, I definitely see myself as a writer. Yeah. <laughs> um, the question. Yeah, yeah. no, so I, I love how, and, and asking that question, like, do you see you as, as a, you know, a writer or an actor? And then <coughs> bombshell gets dropped. <laughs> the series <laughs> is like going to drop in two weeks. And um, I, it looks amazing. I've got the the trailer primed, ready for oh, when God. we finish this call. So oh, brilliant! Boom on it. Um, and also, like, I was considering getting Paramount Plus. This will oh, be the brilliant. tipping point. So yeah. Well, yeah. Um, you get one week for free as well. Apparently, oh. you sign up, so that's good. <laughs> I hope you heard that Paramount Plus. I hope you heard. <laughs> yeah. Get Catherine on commission immediately. I'm shilling. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, that, that is so fabulous and I've just looked at because the book is called is it called the second marriage the the is it called the second marriage the one that's by Jess Ryder I think it's called the ex-wife well the, the, the version that I read is called the ex-wife but she so, it might be foreign you're absolutely you're absolutely right I'm so sorry I I jumped ahead I was so excited I was looking I clicked the first Jess Ryder book that appeared <laughs> it must be this one it has to be this one I've got it the ex-wife wonderful um from yeah. Bookature as well so um how wonderful. What a coup for everyone involved. Yeah. Jess must be rather happy. Yeah, I think so. She she's um she's seen like the director's cut of it. And um, yeah, she's I think she's really happy with it. Yeah. Oh, this is just oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. My head is in an absolute shed tonight. <laughs> like <laughs> um, so so much. <laughs> it's amazing. At this point, should we play a game? Oh yes. Ooh. Are you up for a game, Catherine? Yeah, yeah. A little bit okay. scared, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got um, the gunge people outside your house <clears throat> right now. <laughs> um, it's called One Star Superstar. Okay. And what you have, well, what I've done is I've gone and looked at someone who has given one of your books a one star review. And I've, no, I'm not going to read it out and it's nothing like that, but I've, I've looked at what else they've reviewed. Oh, great. Okay. And you have to tell me whether they've also rated that item one star or five star. Okay, great. I love this. Okay. So the first one um, is a DVD. Um, I, I think it's pronounced Indoshine, Indochine. Um, it's got so it's a French film starring Regis Wagner. Um, so it's obvious that it's French. Mm -hmm. Um, is it one star or five star for the for the DVD? Yeah. I think five star. You think five star? Any reason that you think five star? I, I think I think if you've bought the DVD and you've watched the DVD, I don't think you'd add more time to it if you didn't like it. Okay, <laughs> that's very good reasoning. That's a good reason, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm going to go with one. 
um, because I think that um, this person, uh, obviously having read Catherine's book and devoured this movie, just doesn't like art or anything <laughs> with artistic merit. <laughs> just... <laughs> Every day is a wasted day for this person. <laughs> okay. Um, it is a one-star review, so well done, Rob. The, 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 um, the review is all in capital letters. That's and it says, where does it say in the description that this DVD is not in English but has subtitles? <laughs> That's the best reason. I enjoyed the film but I did not expect to have to watch it in another language. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it says... still gave it one. I all, mean... Yeah, all the actors are French. The film the film is called A French Name. Oh um, so, yeah, that's that. And the next one is so good. Um, it's so good I've forgotten to, t- to take a screenshot of the review. Um, but I, I remember the thing of it. So, um... The second item is um, a bamboo steamer basket for Asian cooking dumplings, and it looks like that. Oh, cool! So they're sort of um, stacked on top of each other, circular, um, mm. and it lets the steam rise. Uh, one one star or five star? Um, I'm gonna give five star again. Five star. Uh, it made me think of gorgeous food, so I want to say five star. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I am that simple, so I'm going to stick with five. Okay, um, you're both wrong. It's one star. Um, I she thought of delicious food. I think <laughs> when she ordered it, it was three inches tall, <laughs> and she said, "This would be amazing if I was cooking for a hamster." Um. And honestly, essentially reviewed their own idiots. Yeah, yeah. Items that are not what they wanted. Yeah, she um she put a picture. There was another picture linked to it where the things are so tiny, like (laughs) literally, it would like I don't know the size of your tooth. Um, so I don't know what they're for really. Um. Is it like for a Sylvanian families thing? I have to be honest, Mrs. Parker went through a phase of like, she said, like, we've got a bench coming. The bench. <laughs> Four inches. <laughs> she said it was 99p on eBay. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It was 99p. <laughs> so there you go. Those are, that's, that's your readership. <laughs> or, yeah. or your, yeah. your one star readership, which I think can be some sort of blessing. Oh. Um, God bless those those crazy people who love your work. Well, okay. I'm so sorry they don't I love your work. No, this is good actually because these aren't your readers. These are the people that didn't jibe. So, oh yes, exactly. Obviously, got a much higher caliber of person. <clears throat> yes. and there weren't many of them to be fair, which is very which is always nice. Very true. What are you reading at the moment, Catherine? Oh, uh, what am I reading? Um, I am between books. Uh, I just finished um, George Saunders' um, "A Swim in the Pond in the Rain." Um, which is amazing. Um, have you read any of his stuff? No. Um, I never got it. Frantically taking notes. Um, yeah, me too. It's uh, it's a non-fiction. It's essays um, about writing. Um, and um, what he does is he gets Russian short stories and he kind of breaks them down. And then he sort of like it's he he teaches creative writing um at um I forget which American University 
Um, but, um, and obviously he wrote Lincoln in the Bardo and um, he writes a lot of short stories for um, the New Yorker and um, he's just a general genius. Um, and it's kind of like a, a sort of um, tutorial in writing, um, but he uses um, the Russian sh short story as like a form to explain, you know, how to do good writing. <laughs> Um, but it's really I'm not making it sound very interesting but it is it's very good and it's very funny and um yeah he's just yeah he's a bit of a yeah he's a bit of an inspiration he's like a fantastic writer and um so funny and um yeah I'd highly recommend any of his short stories they're just so weird and funny yeah Brilliant. Brilliant. I, another another thing I've got to add to this yeah I've added it to my list <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah it's really good it's brilliant yeah <laughs> What about um, you, Rob? Oh, I thought, well, I thought, did you say you were between books? Do you know what you're coming next, oh. Catherine? Yeah, I, I've got a couple that I'm sort of, uh, I kind of want to read, um, I kind of want to read a, a fiction, um, but I, that I do have another um, essay, Ulibis essay uh, book, which I'm kind of supposed to be reading because I'm part of a book club and um, we have a meetup very soon. So I really need to get on that one. Um, so that's probably going to be my next one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fabulous. Um, I, I'll pick up what your, quest, your question, Chris. Um, so I've just finished um, Stephen Keady's Running and Jumping, um, which is um, quite simply the best sports book I've ever read. So, mm. yeah, that's... That's exactly what I said. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. I haven't read anything that comes near it. Um, how... So essentially, Catherine, it's a book about a... I talked about it on the last episode we did, didn't I? But just for refreshers and, and to make sure that this book gets the audience it deserves. Um, th this book is about um, a rivalry in the world of long jumping between oh, Olympic wow. cycles. Uh -huh. um, fictional, but very much set in the real world. Mm. And I just didn't know how enthralling and dramatic it would be at all. Um, the authenticity is immense. And um, yeah, it's, it's among my favourite books I've read in quite some time. That's so Very cool. Simple. Is it a rivalry between two long jumpers? Yeah, yeah. Who were trying to out jump each other? Out jump, essentially. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. It was pretty yeah. much, Keely, I think his line is if you had your best ever jump and it still wasn't good enough, um, like how, how does that affect you kind of thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's great. And, and, yeah, it, it is. And, and how um, it, it's about the sort of the. Uh, personal and emotional cost of doing this and basing your life in four-year cycles essentially yeah um to get yeah. to an olympics and and it's you know it's a, a lot of the book is set around um, london 2012 as well so obviously That's it's a really really interesting because it's all still kind of fresh in all our minds in a way isn't yes, it yes yeah. 10 years though you know big deal could anyway, you um could you stop yourself from like googling what happens at the end like um well, like, no, because, well no because the character so the the location that the the i asked him every track meet in it is legit and happened but hmm. the names of the jumpers are all different so he can concoct uh, okay. his own drama okay, that's cool. uh, from yeah. there um and it meant that you know i knew so he said to me, you know, like if they were in Barcelona in this year, they were in Barcelona this year, this kind of thing. Yeah. So it's amazing that. So now he's got me watching long jump videos on YouTube. 
it's all about these like centimeters oh it's mad anyway the, the other one i really wanted to bring up um which because i've just finished that and i've just started the first chapter of judo riley's sleep when you're dead uh this is the latest michael north uh thriller michael north and the brilliant fang fang as his sidekick for me um Judo Riley's work is in the same conversation as um, David Baldacci, uh, Tony Kent, and Lee Child, Andrew Child. The, the, <laughs> these guys, they're, they're all, these are right in that wheelhouse of superlative, superlative thrillers. So, yeah, that's my other pick. Uh, Chris, what about you? Beautiful. Um, I just finished The Twist of a Knife, um, the fourth in Anthony Horowitz's um Hawthorne series where he's also in it and it's bonkers but amazing um, <laughs> so that was really good and then because it's October I fancied some a bit spooky I'm reading Salem's Lot oh. which I've never read before um, but I'm about 50 pages in and I mean Stephen King knows what he's doing doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna go far <laughs> very cool um Thank you so much for uh, tonight, Catherine. It's just been wonderful to hang out with you. Oh yeah, cheers! Thanks so much for having me. But it's nice. It's always nice though on a on a weeknight to get together and have a chat with a, a fellow writer because not many other people get it, do they? You know, yeah. like the what it's like the the isolation and the weirdness of doing this job. Um, so yeah, it's it's nice. This is therapy for for me definitely. Yeah. <laughs> when are when are your um when are your next books coming out? Are they are they next year now or? I've got one in November, November the something near the end. Have, have, has it been announced yet, Chris? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, well, but maybe that's it. Yeah, I'm by saying it's really, really good. Everyone, <laughs> really, thank you. Really good. And it's it's a it's a sidestep for Chris as well. Um, so not only has he cracked, you know, procedural thrillers, he's then gone and cracked cozy. <laughs> now he's cracking something else entirely. So oh, yay. Mr. Versatility here. And he's, he's simply put, Chris McDonald has gone and done it again. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. That's, That's kind. I will take that. And my next one is out uh, 6th of January, I think. So, um, but I, I stumble over that because I don't know whether we've confirmed it yet. <laughs> but it's everyone knows what it is. Yeah. It's um Andrew Enemy's Closer. It's the second one in the Far From the Tree 30 Miles trilogy. Well, <laughs> so what are you working on at the moment, Catherine? <laughs> um I am uh I'm coming up with my pitch for my next book at the moment. Um yeah, it's uh uh I might be venturing slightly away from crime. It's still it's still a psychological thriller. But um, yeah, it's uh, well. Let's wait and see if the pitch gets accepted. Before. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> very, very nice. Have you started working on it yet? Um, just the pitch, yeah. But the pitch right. for me is like I, I don't know about you guys, but I do like a one-page pitch, um, and I try and uh, get it to be sort of as close to like the what the blurb would be. Um, More stuff I've got to try. Yeah, I because I, I guess because I, I'm not from a writing background, I, I I've never really known like the way that other people do it. So they just said to me, 
put it all down and we'll see if we if we want it so yeah I tend to like give a pitch like a bunch of ideas and um and then my publishers say like we like one and three or whatever and then I'll be like okay <laughs> yeah that's a pretty good way to do it I like that it is yeah how do you guys do it do you you just do you just write the whole thing or do you do like the first three chapters and then I tend um, to send Sean like um <clears throat> like maybe a couple of lines of of what <laughs> like a character where it might be and and one sort of thing so for the next one it's I'm it's a PI novel set in America yeah. and um it's all about this um adult film actor going missing um and that was all I kind of sent him and he was like yeah write it that's so that's great. yeah yeah cool you don't pull yeah that's like enough them. like you know I think that you know just things like that are just enough you kind of like oh that sounds interesting it's yeah, like, yeah. Okay. and especially if you've got that rapport and faith in a writer as well like oh I know they can do that you know yeah. like that and that's lovely to have that kind of relationship mm. yeah uh, no, I I just write. Um, I get it in my head what I'm going to do next, and then write it, and then what the whole thing? You write the whole book? Much, yeah. And then wow. hope it works out. <laughs> 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 hope I've not wasted months on this for nothing. <laughs> Sometimes I have though. <laughs> no, it's I I love hearing how different um everyone does it though. You know, and um I I think and we can all we all sort of learn from each other in that sense, don't we? You know, like I will certainly be thinking about a one page pitch now. And a lot of the things you said tonight, like yeah. just really refreshing way of looking at it, you know, like, cause sometimes you feel like I can't crack this for whatever reason. I just can't, it, whether it be something to do with the industry itself or whether it be with the, the, the writing on the page, like I just can't work this out. I can't break through this barrier I've got about this and trying new things like the stuff I've learned tonight is like so invaluable. Uh, cause I feel like, through doing this podcast my toolbox for writing is bigger all the time oh that's cool yeah yeah, yeah. And, you just and have so many different inputs from I, yeah I can use mad, like mad stuff that um like i've magpied off loads of other because we're all like remixes essentially yeah. aren't we you know we're mm -hmm. remixing you know stories all the time aren't we you know and, mm. and yeah it's so i get so giddy with doing this this podcast <laughs> so excited <laughs> uh I'm, I'm so because i've just started a new book today as well you see so i'm really oh, sorry it was yesterday so i'm really really like i gotta get right you know i gotta it's like yeah. it wants yeah. to fall out of me at this point so um yeah it's really really inspiring. Oh, well so much good luck with the the first draft thank you thank you and to um, you yeah <laughs> yeah I, um and i just hope everything keeps going absolutely incredible and um yeah um congratulations on absolutely everything as well um, oh, and everything you. that you've you've done and achieved and um in the work in the overall world of storytelling um is really really something to be admired so yeah, oh, yeah. taking the time with us yeah and um british people go by it now obviously the family game and americans two weeks time enjoy yeah. thanksgiving yeah. and then go grab it yeah. yeah let's get another another new york times bestseller in there come on yeah. let's do this <laughs> we saw a fingers crossed sign there so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for everything yeah thanks bye bye bye, bye. This is a tale of the supernatural. The Tapes, a podcast of the uncanny.
Do you believe in ghosts? Join me, host Christopher Goldie, and guests as we discuss the best in unsettling television and film. Who is this? Who is coming? Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for at the Tapes Pod, part of the Pod Dojo Network.